This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's hit it. So hey everybody, welcome to episode 108 of the More, Just, More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitra and I'm going to say that again. Don't be back on my computer now. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 108 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Tim Mitchell and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Aaron Vay in Whitby, Ontario. Hello there. And we have, as usual, Jaime Lopez down in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we also have Mark Rubin in San Jose, California. Hello. So I guess we'll dig right in, shall we? What do we want to talk about? Do we have any, uh, do we get any Ask, in, ask MTJC from our call out today? Double Three checking. hours ago. No love for Max at the event. When do you think they will be updated? Asks David Bowles at BrightSpark1386. Mm-hmm. That is the sole one. And uh, we should cover that at when we talk about our event today, right? Okay. Well, yeah, we'll do that. Okay, so let's talk about today's event. It was uh, at 1 o'clock Eastern Time, mm-hmm. <laughs> just in the time zone that counts. And I, I wish it were earlier, but alas. <laughs> so um, I think it was pretty much almost exactly what we had been told. All the rumors that had laid out what capabilities and features of the iPhone that we would see, that's pretty much exactly what we got. And... Uh, so no surprises. We're looking at an iPhone 7 that has uh, 32, 128, and 256 configurations. Uh, comes in a new color, two new colors, two two blacks. One uh, jet black, which is sort of a piano black type of finish, and a matte black, which they just call black. The new features of the phone include um, a new home button, a much brighter display, uh, way better camera. The 7 Plus has two cameras that take way better pictures and allow you to use a wide angle, the default, and a zoom lens, a telephoto. Um, what else? Throw me some bones here, guys. I'm trying to remember all the, the 10 points that Phil Schiller <laughs> went through. There was... Uh, 
Oh, there's a new, there's a new uh, wi- Wi-Fi wireless headset as well. Yes, the, the AirPods. Headset. Yeah, so they removed the um, removed the headphone jack as as expected. They now have an adapter in the box for a headphone jack, and they are also including earpods that have a lightning adapter or a connector on the end of it and are also will be selling next month a set of wireless earbuds airpods and they look super compelling um but we're just summarizing right now so let's not get into detail yet <laughs> um what were the other things a wide gamut display no true tone oh yes well f- performance of course i know that was yeah, the last point that was the last because one, yeah. uh the new a10 fusion processor which is inside this thing is 40 percent faster than last year's 6s model uh, and uh, twice the speed of the iphone 6 that is in my pocket right now very exciting uh quad core processor two ultra high speed cores and two high speed but low power cores as well as dual gpus and so it's pretty hot from a hardware perspective i mean hot is in awesome not hot as in temperature so it's looking like uh, a major CPU upgrade again, because <laughs> this is Apple and they designed their own chips. Now, if am I missing any other features of the iPhone? Well, waterproof or, or waterproof. not? Yeah, water resistant, waterproof design, what, dust resistant. Um, what else? I mean, we can dig into the details, but like I said, right? Uh, okay, no well, well let's take those as red that they they have these standout features in the phone. Yeah. So that was that. Uh, that was the major event. Of course, they also launched what they are now calling Watch Series 2, which is an upgrade internally to the Apple Watch. It looks like the existing Series 1 watch and has GPS, a faster chip, and uh, now full water resistance. Right, now, yeah. I, I swim twice a week with my watch on, and so I'm kind of looking askance at at this video today while they say really? yeah uh yeah you should totally not be swimming with your apple watch your series one watch uh but uh with your series two watch of course now you can oh so you're being facetious you don't actually I'm, swim with your watch no i am not being facetious i swim with my watch twice a week really yeah because i mean that was the big selling point for my wife like uh, she didn't want an apple watch she went with the, the pebble watch because of the, the waterproofness right I knew you could shower with it, and Tim Tim Cook apparently showers with his, but I didn't know you could actually immerse it. You absolutely can. Um, and apparently Apple does not say that you can, but the experience that everyone's had suggests that you can. Now, it's right. possible that if I do this for three years, <laughs> yeah, it will yeah. stop working. Um, so far, so good. It's been over a year now, right? Like um, almost a year and a half. And yeah. I've regularly immersed this watch. So I can't yeah, explain some, that. Some off-label usage there. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I was spurred on by Craig Hockenberry's reports about this because he is a more frequent swimmer than I am, given that he lives in, what, Long Beach, California. So he swims in the ocean, so it's salt water. It's even worse. And, uh, and reports that his watch is just fine. Thank you very much. So I thought, okay, well, what the heck? I'm, I'm going to swim with my watch on, too, and it's been no problem. The only problem such as it is is software i i wish that the watch had a swimming workout and uh, that has been resolved today because the watch 2 what with it being a watch you can swim with now has a swimming workout built into the workouts app so you can actually let it track your laps and your time and 
your ex- energy usage, etc. So that's great news. Uh, they also announced a partnership with Nike. Uh, so they have a really sharp looking watch. And I think, boy, if, if I'm going to get this, that's the one I'm going to get because it looks super cool. And they also announced uh, they're, they're replacing the edition line of watches. Um, actually, let me backtrack on that because it's not entirely accurate. The The gold edition watch has been discontinued, but the edition is now not gold, but ceramic. Oh, really? Hmm. And uh, I was looking at the pricing on the website today. It's like $1,600 and not like 20000 <laughs> right? So um, the pricing has come down considerably. That's quite a price. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, white ceramic as as a material that Apple's using. Hey, the white Apple Watch, just like I said, like a year ago. <laughs> um, if you did, yes, I don't remember <laughs> such things. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just don't have a memory of it. So uh, that's the lineup. Um, so, what do you guys think about it? Well, actually, one thing about the watch you didn't mention is so they're, they're calling the uh, existing watch Series One, but they're uh, I think they're kicking up the processor. They're yeah, I did mention process- that. Oh, you did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, what do you guys think of that? I think it's cool. I don't know if I, again, I, as you know, I'm not a huge super fan of the of the watch experience as it is right now. I mean, I do wear one every day, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I suppose I have become dependent on it. But um, I, I, still, it's an expensive watch. But like I said, the, the one selling factor for my wife to finally decide to get one is the is the waterproof, the official waterproofness. And I think it, we were joking around on Slack today that you can actually maybe do have new spit games or uh, with the... Uh, using the speaker to spit water at people. That is um, super gross. <laughs> <laughs> and other things, of course, not just water. But, um, yeah, so it's interesting. Um, the Nike one looks really cool, but I think I, uh, that it was going to be a few months before they shipped that, or middle of October, I think they said, before they were going to ship that one, right? So Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, the watch, uh, you know, the the whole Nike partnership makes total sense because the watch is all about, it seems to be the mo- one of its killer app uh, ideas is exercising, getting people off their butts, getting them to move more, exercise more, now swim more as well. And and I believe, wasn't there something, I think, in the in the preview video about the person uh, able to measure their, bre- their breath as well, some way? Well, there is in iOS, or sorry, uh, watchOS 3, there is a breathe app right okay right and it which works with the encourages watch. you yeah it works with the existing watch um and that that app uh simply takes you through a one minute breathing exercise and uh it reminds you to do that every day and i i've turned that off because i've, I've found it an annoyance hmm. are you running watch os3 i'm not because my my, my phone is still running uh, 935 okay but from a developer perspective that also means that i think i think it's tuesday of next week which was the uh 13th i want to say is when ios 10 is expected to drop that's right and as a matter of fact the gold master of um xcode 8 is now available as well today yeah xcode 8 gm and ios 10 gm are now available so that means that swift 3.0 is is official now as it's well? official and you can now submit swift 3.0 apps to the store right chris latner yeah. announced that today okay yeah, I did. I, I got an email actually from Apple about uh, submitting apps right, in, you know, today as of today as well. So, oh, perfect. There's another email I'm not getting. <laughs> yeah, I don't get emails from Apple like sometimes. I don't know what it is, but some emails don't come through. Um, sure, you know the one about uh, that we talk that we will talk about later about uh, Apple cleaning the App Store. That was sent out via email, and I have not received that one. I got it twice. I can send you one if you want. 
No, I'm good. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just note, noteworthy. Paid member of their developer program. They send me emails about different things, but there are some things I don't get messages of. Why don't we turn our attention then to the phone? It seems that uh, there is little interest in the watch, uh, which uh, does not surprise me, given how we heard very little about it. And frankly, you know, one of the, actually, let's let's step on onto the watch just for a sec because I'm not quite done with it yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised that it does not look any different, um, setting aside the ceramic one, because it it seems peculiar that Apple would make the case identical and not even offer different colors uh, in the case. Um, they have new watch bands, uh, but they do continually update the watch bands over time. Uh, so aside from the Nike watch, which you know, does have its own look and feel, which is a little different. The Apple Watch Series 2 is largely identical to the first one. And I can't think of another time that Apple has done that. Well, when... they have, actually. They've, they've done it with the, the 3G, the 3GS. They did it with the 4, the 4S, and, and the 5, right? Uh, the 5 and 5S. Those are, you know, unless, unless you knew or could walk to the guy and say, hey, is that a 5S? You, you really wouldn't know, right? And same thing with the current line without looking at the back of them. So they, they do do that, right? Um, I mean, it, at least they didn't call it the Watch S, you know, or whatever in that sense. Right. But they, they, do, they have mimicked the same case design, right? Yeah, they, they are largely the same, but there, there are differences if you get one in your hand and look at it. You know, I yeah, don't think you would be brighter, able to tell. Yeah. yeah, I don't think you would be able to tell um, a Series 1 from a Series 2 watch unless you actually flipped it over and saw the inscription on the back. Yeah, Whereas with with a even the three G and the three G S, there are differences in the case design. The four four S, the five five S, uh, they yeah. had differences. That but you we, could tell. we also had we had the sport watch before, and then there was a middle watch, and then is that the edition? And then there, there was, was the a... sport Apple Watch Sport, Apple Watch, and Apple Watch Edition. Right, and so the where things. so the sport was sort of the the you know run around the park with it, and that was the lower lowest price one, right? Wasn't it? Correct. Yeah, so where does that... So that's now been replaced by the Series 1, I would suppose, right? I didn't look at the, the actual product lines for watches. You said you did, right? Uh, there actually is... The, um, Ser- series 2 does have... So they got rid of the name Sport because it didn't make a whole... Like, their naming scheme didn't make sense, right? It should have been, like, Sport, uh, Standard, Normal, whatever you want to call the middle one, and then Edition. When you have the whole collection of family called Apple Watch and then also reusing the name Apple Watch for the standard edition. It gets really confusing. But if you look at the pricing scheme, you can see that your options show Series 1 or Series 2 for your like 38mm and 42mm uh, watches. Yeah, that's that's great, though, that they've simplified that. What's the delivery time for these watches? Are they like today or? No, um, I think you can order them starting oh, uh, Friday, just like with the phone. Right. And they'll deliver in the next week. But uh, personally, I'm not. I'm not feeling inclined to to be there on Friday night to get a watch. <laughs> yeah. No, um, no. Sorry. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd like to go to the store and look at them again in person. I am. I am pretty sure I'm going to get a new watch because my daughter really wants mine. So <laughs> I'll upgrade and give her my watch. Yeah. So, and how does the pricing compare to where we were last year? It looks like it's to me. It looks lower priced, right? Because the the entry level, the Series One, is two sixty nine, and and the entry for a Series Two is three sixty nine US. So it depends how you're trying to compare it, right? Like the 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 pricing is um, for the lowest end Series Two that would be the equivalent of the Sport, 
um, the 42 millimeter is 399, which is the same 399 US, which is what it started out at last year. The 38 millimeter has gone up by twenty dollars from 349 to 369 US, but it's it's somewhat more confusing because now you have the uprated series one that starts at 269, which is considerably lower than it was last year. And there's been a price drop in between anyway, so I'd, I'd have to look at the exact charting history. They're around the same. They're around the same. The The difference now is that the original watch, um, which has been upgraded to some extent, is is now significantly less expensive. Like, they basically knocked 100 bucks off of it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So the cost to get in the door with an Apple Watch has gone down quite a bit. And the only cost, really, is waterproof, the higher quality display... And the better performing processor and GPS too. That and GPS, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they they did go back and and add something to Series One, and I can't remember what it was. Was it the waterproofing? No, uh, no, no. They added they they updated they put the dual core chip, I think, I believe in it, right? The S- oh S- yeah, the S- same one P. It's not the, the same. S2? It's a, yeah, S2 is, S2 is a new call? chip, but this is S one P is what they're calling. I'm looking at the compare page. I'll link it in the show notes, um, which talks about the different. Uh, That's what the system and package thing is. SIP. Yeah, it looks like a one to me. S1P, it says here. Oh, link her up. Let's see. Sure. So that's the watch. Excited about it? Not so much. Uh, it seems to be much more targeted towards athletic use than than I am, personally. But uh, it does seem to be like a, a decent upgrade. Right. I think the biggest piece there um, is the GPS, because I know that was a big sticking point for a lot of folks who wanted to use this as a fitness tracker to replace you know pick one right you could be any of the fitness trackers uh predominantly the ones that have gps in them so they can take it for a run without lugging around their phone um so this doesn't you know fully divorce the the watch from from the phone in terms of having you know like lte calling capability or something but uh at the very least, it allows you to just like pick up and go and, and run in just like your shorts, your gym shorts. Yeah, you think that's the difference? That's why they added the GPS to that. Oh, yeah. I mean, that yeah. was like a, a big reason why you would stick with one of the, the competitive, less capable products. You know, if if, oh, really? if you okay. were okay with uh, the battery life, you know, you still want to be able to see that like, you know, the ride that you went on that is tracking the route that you went on, not just, you know, distance and time and everything. So coming back to just looking at the compare page, I wonder whatever happened with those gold watches, like how many they actually sold. You know, I can't it, fathom there was many. It clearly was a failure. Especially since the top of the line watch now is 1249, yep. you know, which is ridiculous, but palpable. palpable. I, was like, yeah, I can't say that word. Palpable. That word. Looks like the display is, is uh, greatly improved as well. Twice the brightness. Yes, they say twice which, the brightness. Which, yeah. uh, you know, feeds into the whole fitness orientation of, of this app um yeah because you the brightness outdoors uh, is is a big deal uh also the sapphire crystal uh, true, as opposed yeah. to just glass is, is another thing that should help with uh help against breakage quite a bit looks like the same resolution. only on the steel and ceramic yeah it is steel and ceramic yeah that's right that's right and a lot of this so that s1p that's the that's the upgraded processor in the series one so it's the s1 with the P designation, I guess, performance, because it's essentially an S2 without the GPS unit. Looking at the new uh, Hermes cuffs, which I fully look forward to in a couple of months, seeing knockoffs on Amazon. Yep. Don't those exist already? 
Well, not not for the brand new ones. I don't I don't think this uh, double band kind of like a oh is that new? Kind of looks like a tuning fork. Looks new to me, and uh, maybe this bird looking clasp looks a little bit different. The the double tour and do they not have the cuff anymore? Maybe they don't have the cuff in the Hermes. Yeah. Yeah, they they do change out these bands quite a bit. I don't understand these at all. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. These Hermes bands. They're just, they look to me so bizarre. This double tour, the cuff looked weird, and now this double buckle cuff. Yeah, just so, I mean, there's only ever. so much you can do with a, a watch designed to have it be recognizable as being a particular brand. I guess. I guess. Weird. I guess yeah. people like it, though. Like, I'm not a fashionable person, obviously, so I kind of asked this, like, to make it an ass of myself. Do people like this? Is this a thing people like? Does that look stylish to people who understand what style is? That is beyond me uh, from the fashion okay. standpoint, but it does get people to notice, and that's probably the entire thing for the brand. Yeah, I guess it is. It's all. It's all I got. Um, do you guys want to talk about the phone? There's sure. very little interest here in the watch. I, I'm getting that. It's it's palpable. There you go, Tim. Thank you. There's there's little interest in watch. How about the phone? What do you think of that? Jaime, hit me. Seems like a pretty nice upgrade. So I'm looking at getting the. 7 plus just because i'm a current 6 plus user and uh having the upgraded camera system would be pretty nice everything else looks like it's uh nicely in order uh up to one hour longer battery life than the 6s plus which i don't actually know how the 6s plus compares to the 6 plus but let's assume it's the same so the already excellent battery life is going to get even better which is awesome battery life not being a factor for you no way. I mean, like, Obviously. I, there, there are so many people who have, like, sixes and six S's who complain mightily about that. So they will also be happy that they're going to get two hours longer battery life than the six S. Exactly. Yeah. And it, that seems like a huge win to me. The thing I'm a little bit confused about is they, like, ever so briefly talked about the force touch home button. I'm probably going to have the, the terminology wrong there, but it's, like, not an actual home button anymore. It's kind of like the trackpad on your macbook pro if you have a relatively recent one that it it gives you that taptic engine feedback to to sort of fake it in there and they they ever so briefly glanced and oh by the way you can do some customizable stuff here okay thanks bye so i, I really wish they would have yeah, talked about was, that a little bit yeah. yeah i was a little surprised they didn't go into more detail on that too uh if they're if they've actually removed the physical button and it's just a an area on the glass that you touch that's a pretty big change it seems to me that is exactly what it is. There was a rumor yeah. last week about, or a couple of weeks ago, about the fact that there would be no home button, like it would be just an area on the screen. But so there, is there not like an impression in the glass? There is. Right. So there's yeah, a separate looks... element, but it, like, or at least it's ringed by an element, but it's, it's not like a, you know, push this spring loaded mechanism to come back and give you the, the push in feedback, right? It's more like the force touch you might have on your, your trackpad or it might be on your Apple watch. Yeah, and they did say that, that uh, developers would have access to that Taptic engine, didn't they? Yes. What could you do with that? Well, it's up to your imagination. Do, do we know if the display still ends above the the upper limit of the button as it does today, or, or do the pixels come around the button? They do not. In other words, okay, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, and, and you could, if, if it did that, you could integrate the button's position into your app in some way. Uh, no. You have something, things going on behind the, the button. Well, maybe the uh, iPhone 8 will have that. That's the sort of thing they are talking about for that 10th anniversary iPhone, whatever they end up calling it. 
that they would remove the physical home button altogether. Uh, this is a precursor to that, uh, but is essentially using the technology from the MacBook trackpad, the Force Touch trackpad. But uh, the reports that I've seen in the hands-on areas after the presentation this afternoon were basically it it works as advertised, but it doesn't quite feel the same way as the trackpad on the MacBook does. So it's it's yeah, when you first push the button, you don't get that same sense of wow, this is an actual button, and you you just simply won't believe it when you like turn the power off and try pushing it, and it's just a hard surface. Uh, it's not the same as that. Different. So, you know, you're never going to know this until you actually go to the store and try one yourself. Or in, in our case, it arrives in the mail because you've already bought the damn thing. <laughs> you're going to, because you're using it anyway. You're going to have it anyway. Yeah. Well, it was interesting. I, I thought the number of things that, I really didn't think about it, but the number of things that you do with the home button, you know, the, and Phil listed off a few of them, um, you know, the push to hold, to talk to Siri, you know, the, tap to go home. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why they wouldn't mark, they wouldn't um, allow you to use that in your app is that, you know, you always need to have that exit button, right? To take you back right. to home, you know, double clicking sure. to bring up the multitasking view so you can see what other apps are running, that kind of stuff. Right. So there's a lot of functionality tied into one button. Yeah. I think, I think it's going to be, the, and, and with this new sort of input, I think maybe that's what they were talking about, Aaron. I didn't listen to the, or didn't look at the, the hands-on reports, but, um, maybe that's kind of a, it's going to be a new paradigm of learning. Like I find that the, what do we call this thing? The force touch trackpad, um, is odd. It's hard. It's a little odd to get used to. Like I have the magic trackpad on my Mac downstairs and I have the force touch on my Macs at work. And, and I find there's, it's still, I'm still a bit awkward in some of the things that you try to do with it, you know, like clicking and dragging things like that are odd. I had to turn it off myself. Yeah. I, <laughs> I may get there. Yeah, exactly. So, but that's just one feature of many. And I think one of the, so there's sort of these two things that are the, the large driving tentpole features of the phone, the camera situation and the audio situation, right? So one thing that I never saw anyone talk about in the lead up to this event were the presence of the stereo speakers on the phone. So it turns out that there's a speaker on the bottom of the phone below the home button and one at the top above the earpiece. And nobody had brought that up before. So, surprise. <laughs> so, turns out that well, if I you... Saw, I saw phone, articles and talk about Oh, that, you did, eh? Okay. Way to ruin it. Okay, fine. So, never you know, mind. They, they, definitely weren't, back. they definitely weren't trumpeted, but they they were out there. It, I guess it just wasn't that exciting of a thing for people to talk about because they heard all the uh, teeth gnashing to do over the uh, lack of the audio jack. Okay. Which is, when I looked at the, the diagram that they showed, the Taptic engine is sitting right in that general location right right so let's talk about the audio jack first then and the excuse that phil here's me framing it nicely and and without any kind of bias the excuse that phil gave for removing the audio jack was essentially a few fold but they want to get rid of the space they want to make the phone waterproof and we want to push forward with something new and the only way to go to something new is to get rid of the old thing too he called it having courage. And a lot of people have sort of um, hung their hats on that since that uh, the, since the event. And uh, they seem to be a little offended by that term. What do you guys think? Well, it's interesting. They, they have, Apple has a reputation, I guess, in some ways of getting rid of things. I mean, they got rid of the floppy disk in the original iMacs. If you remember, there was quite a furor of that. Um, 
and they and I think they've done a few things that were where they've gotten they've they've forced technology or forced the industry to move away from things, right? Optical sort drive. of floppy disk, the uh, yeah, the optical drive, the the well, the lightning connector, sort of, right? Yeah, thirty pin, yep. the uh, anything before USB. Yes, Apple is of course very well known for shedding old and out of date ports. This seems like it might be a special case. However, to my mind, it's totally in line with the Apple that I know and love. And I, I am very much in favor of, of having done this because I do subscribe to the notion that at some point it has to happen. And why not now? And Apple is basically saying, look, we, we do feel that you should not have wires connecting your ears to this device. So here is what the future is going to look like. Now, the AirPods that they introduced are not the sort of thing that they can just include in the box, you know, given that they cost $150 or whatever it is. What they have done instead is got the AirPods with the wired connector, you know, with a lightning jack on the end, as well as an adapter, lightning on one end and audio input on the other. Yeah, the mini phone jack, because they, they still sell a premium, or they call a premium headphone as well, like uh, the Apple, there's an Apple earbud that has the sort of silicone ends on them that people, some people prefer to the, um, the uh, what do you call them, um, earpod shape. Earpods. Yeah, so. Yes. Yeah, some, some cool technology in there, like the infrared to see that you've got them stuck in your ears, but there was some question about will they fall out if you're jogging down the road, you know, sort of thing. I wonder how much stickum they have. I know a lot of people who don't use the earbuds because they find they can't even keep them in their ears, right? So there are too many humans with too many ear shapes. Yeah, I don't. I can't use them. I've never been able to use uh, earbuds. Going back to the hands-on area, we had a report from um, I can't remember her name, Susie or something. Sorry, blown it. But uh, she writes for MacWorld, and she put the ear, uh, AirPods into her ears. And as someone who cannot use earbud, earpods, like the ones that uh, that I'm wearing right now, in fact, as I record this podcast, she does not like them. They don't fit in her ear. Uh, however, these AirPods fit great and did not fall out despite jumping around, dancing, headbanging, and throwing her head all over the place. They stuck like a champ and sounded great. Uh, that was her report. But again, uh, you know, I hasten to add, they, everyone has different sized and shaped ears. So if Apple has come up with a way to accommodate the range of ears that are out there, wonderful. But it's got to be something we wait to see. Well, I think they have, too, because they talked about the Beats. Um, they've also added the, the, the new W1 chip or whatever it was to the new Beats line as well to so that people can choose from a number of different styles of, of uh earbuds if they're into that right yeah it's just kind of a pricey experiment to do of course you know you can't know if the ear airpods are going to work for you until you try them on <laughs> you know what i mean yeah that's true yeah. yeah and i don't know if you're going to do that in the store because that's a sanitary issue that's true <laughs> you know ear socks exactly yeah i looked at the uh the, tr the photos of the demonstration area at the bill graham center and you know, their AirPods sitting on the table and everybody's putting them in their ears. And I'm like, you nice. <laughs> wasn't somebody with gloves on wiping them off in between tries? I don't think so. <laughs> nope. Yeah. So. It's, it's funny, though. I do have I have uh, a favorite pair of earbuds and then I have other ones. I, I've got plenty with every single phone that I've gotten, but I'm not sure there's one set that that works really well and feels good. And the other ones, the, I don't know, the cable stiffer or something. It's, it's a very strange thing, but I actually prefer one set of earbuds over over 
exactly identical earbuds from another phone, from a later phone. Very strange thing. So ears are ears, right? They are that. Mm-hmm. So I see. It seems like unless anyone is about to raise an, a further objection, that we're all pretty sanguine about the removal of the audio jack. Well, what are we going to do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean I think it's, move forward. I mean, it's it's basically yeah. removing really what's the last piece of of analog technology that's true inside that's this true highly digital device and and uh that generally means good things right analog is uh, is an old technology that has certain uh advantages in some ways uh but uh, it's much more susceptible to noise it's it's uh it's it's uh you know it's much more susceptible to interference i mean in terms of audio it's 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 not a, it's not as good of a technology in general. You can you can get much better sound through a digital interface. So so even regardless of the wireless stuff, just plugging into the lightning jack, that should be a big improvement in sound in general. So hmm. it's, I think it's a move forward. The thing I've heard though is that that doesn't actually matter because um, headphones are innately um, analog because at some point that digital signal has to be converted to analog to come out of the speakers in the headphones, right? That's true. Well, of course, yes, of course, that's true. But but uh, the 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 wire and the and the connector and all that are all are all real world analog things. Uh, in general, they are, and those are sources of noise. So the further away from, or, or rather, the closer to the to the actual speaker where which which is generating the sound that you put the the D to A converter, the better sound you're going to get in general. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Yeah, there's the whole argument, the audiophile argument about you know going from analog to digital. You have to throw away the bits in between the bits, if you will, or the sound in between the bits. And so we've been we've been dealing with digital audio for fifteen twenty years, and everybody's accepted the MP3 format, which arguably is a, is a lesser format of audio file, right? So yeah. I just one one thing I was listening for in today's presentation and when Phil was talking about this is. His he never said that the lightning earpods would sound better. That right. is just not a claim that he made. Right, right. Well, but they, well, the the <laughs> the sound in general is is uh, dominated by the the speaker itself, the physical speaker and the positioning of the speaker itself. So in general, yes, uh, that's true. But um, anytime you have analog signals, you know, you you crimp the cable a little bit, you can have it crackle or something that and that kind of stuff you avoid with digital signals that's kind of my point right and i think in terms of a misstep to come back to your question about people really attaching on the word courage i don't think courage is the right word because i think when people think of courage think of standing up to a bully or running into a burning building to save a baby right that's courage i think a more accurate word is probably you know it was a bold move because bold can be positive or negative depending on how you want to take it and i think that's probably how this is as well right it's a it's a bold move to get the entire industry to come along into the future kicking and screaming right um like this is the sort of thing that i think only apple can do because now everybody who makes headsets has to think well what what do i do do i accommodate apple's technology or not and for a lot of them it's going to be yeah of course I have to. I can't lose out on this lucrative market. Right. So there's Well then there's that whole MFI issue that we talked about last week with people making third party headphones. If are they gonna make it with a lightning jack or whatever? And actually one of my complaints and, and I mentioned it last I think last week on the show, or at least on Twitter anyway, is that 
I like to be able to charge my phone while I'm listening to it. So that's sort of, is somebody going to come out with a, a an earbud that, you know, you can charge your phone at the same time by, you know, adding some sort of lightning cable splitter or something like that, you know? All the weird thoughts we can have about this stuff. Yeah, I yeah, have to believe like that that's be a pretty easy happen. thing. Yeah, yeah. This will this will drive up potentially drive up the cost of third party headphones. Uh, if they so right right now, if you want to make some headphones, you just need to since headphones are, are analog, you just plug it in, right? You don't need any electronics inside the headphone necessarily, except for the speakers themselves. But now you will have to put this uh, DNA converter chip into any pair of headphones that you make, which which may actually be a good thing because you might actually have a much better one than you get than you would get inside the phone. So, right. So, so that digital signal, the you know the, the converted MP3 or whatever it is, has to get converted into analog at some point to drive the headphone. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So the question is, is that done inside the phone, or is that done inside the headphones? Historically, it's always been done inside the phone because that's to drive an analog headphone jack. Now that's moved to the headphone itself, so it's decoupled from the phone, which which could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. Uh, you might get some very high-end headphones where they put a lot of care and effort into that DDA, and it might actually sound better than the stock generic one that would have come with the phone. Well, and that may be also the benefit of, of miniaturization, too. Like maybe the reason why we weren't able to move away from an analog um a mini phone jack was because of the size of the chip that had to be used to convert it, right? Now they're clearly being able to put it into Bluetooth devices and make them really small, small enough to yeah. fit in your ear, right? Yeah, that's some of it, although that that's, that tends to be a kind of a small chip. It's not like a microprocessor that has to be very big. Uh, but yeah, for sure. I mean, they couldn't have done this probably 15 years ago because of that reason. So what do you think, uh, one thing I, I, when I saw the product line for the phones, right, so we've now got five phones to choose from. Traditionally, they, they seem to bring out a new phone and then they would knock the, the current phone down to the lowest status, like the six would become, you know, the entry level one. But they've maintained the six, uh, 6S Plus and the 6S as well as the SE for the people who like the smaller phone. What do you think about the fact that now there's, again, we've got this cluttered choice of phones for people to choose when they go to buy one i don't think it's so cluttered i think there's they've they've now established that there's a, a market for a small sized phone medium and and larger sized phones regardless of the power and performance of those phones so decoupled from that so for people who like a smaller phone uh they can they go with the se and people who want the larger phones they, they go with the other ones uh and of course, they have a you know a low end one and a higher end one in, in the larger ones, but I, I think there's there's kind of no reason why that can't go on indefinitely. Where they they keep upgrading the entire line, uh, keeping those form factors. If if that's the one you want, you can use the one that that one. Yeah, see. Yeah, this is just the continuation of the practice that Apple's had for years and years, right? So they bump down the current line into the you know the the step down mid tier, and the new flagships become the top-of-the-line phone and adopt those new price points. So there's there's nothing different happening here. No, well, it is a little different, right? It used to be that the the older phones would move down to well, just the, what the lower positions. But it isn't. Yeah. No, it isn't. Because the, no, the, the, the lower one, uh, nothing, no older phone moved into the SE spot. Yeah, but the right? 6S has moved in to the below iPhone 7 spot. Sure, on, on the high end, yes. Sure, a lar- high end, I guess, larger size spot. But but the SE, I think, will continue to be its own thing, 
just getting performance upgrades every once in a while, but still keeping the smaller form factor size. They're never going to introduce a whole brand new model in that uh, four inch size. Yeah, that seems. They'll just keep upgrading that one. Well, it's also interesting that they kept the SE size factor because size format because I think we were talking about when they introduced it whether or not there really was a market for that type of phone and clearly i guess there is because they've clearly there is yeah. yeah so that was a top selling phone i think right? was it really well maybe not the top selling but it was, it was, it was, one of it was significant enough they would keep it yeah exactly well yeah. The, the other thing yeah. the other thing to talk about is is the uh the cameras in the phones what do you think about the um i mean i don't know if you guys are are f- uh, photographers at all or or tend to think that way but what do you think about the the split between the iphone 7 plus and the 7 with the one having the wide angle and telephoto lenses and and as well i guess the new uh, lower aperture phone or camera on the iphone 7 i mean i'm not a photographer so it's way too much camera for me but like as a casual user the the fact that the camera is getting better and better is fantastic and since i already uh, like the unholy size of the plus models um, I'm like, oh man, I get like the top of the line one. That's great. That means that my baby pants abilities at taking photos are, you know, less and less of an issue because the camera is doing a much better job for me. Right. Yeah. I was going to ask actually, which one you guys tended to think you were going to go after in terms of which one you would buy, which size you'd buy. Well, I'll definitely go for the seven. I've never liked the, the pluses, but I, but I think this does actually open up a whole new quote, pro area for the 7 Plus in, in terms of the photography pl- uh, pro. Uh, it's, it's kind of a whole new type of user, someone you know, who's a real professional photographer, potentially. Uh, this is a driving force for them into the, the Plus model as opposed to something else. That's true. As, as a photographer, I can say the optical zoom, the actual using lenses to do the zoom is, is a big seller for sure. Um, having a wide angle lens is something that I really wanted. And a telephoto, even if it's only two times in in actual uh, using lenses, and then you know a little bit more software, because I find that I, I very rarely zoom in on a shot because I find the quality of the shot you get is is um, pitiful, really. But yeah, the it it is interesting. I'm I'm kind of torn because you know I, as I said before, I if I probably will go to the seven size myself. But um, the oh really the camera so you had a plus but you're moving down you're considering moving yeah to, well I mean yeah especially I mean especially now that you know I I have more devices at my disposal like at the office we we have all different sizes we have six s's and we have sixes and we have pluses and we have six pluses and and um, yeah I still I still gravitate when I when I first saw the iPhone six um, in person and it was was several months after I bought my my plus I I really did regret not buying the smaller phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like you say, it, it is a bit you know, a bit uh, wobbly. I guess it's it's a two it's a two hander. It's like you know, it takes two hands to handle a whopper, right? So, I find it I find it an awkward phone, the size wise, mm-hmm. for daily use. Oh, by the way, we can make phone calls with these things too, right? That's okay. crazy talk. Yeah. Who does that I know. <laughs> yeah. Never do that. Yeah, but I mean, I really for, don't know. For for me, like as a semi pick, what am I going to buy? It's like, well, I like the silver finish, so. No surprise there. I'm going to get a silver iPhone 7 Plus in the mid-range. So that's the 128 gig model because 32 is not quite enough for me. I looked at my free space on my 64 gig device, and I have, what, 20-some gigs free. So 128 it is for me. Hmm. I'm, I'm thinking of the jet black finish. I, I, I kind of like the idea of the glossy phone. 
again, so I'd probably go with the with the seven in the uh, in the hundred twenty eight gig. Yeah, again, it would be nice to uh, to see them in person before you had to make yeah, a decision, true. right? So, like when we the, the the pre order starts Friday this Friday. That's right, right, and then we have to uh, wait and see what where our decision yields. <laughs> Indeed, and At I think for me, my fingers are rather oily. Like I my fingers really stress the oleophobic coatings on every one of my touch devices and uh, I'll, I'll just go nuts looking at all the prints that i'm leaving on the jet black so it's it never was an option mm, yeah for that's that's a good point it's a good point i have a black car and I, i'm constantly wiping off uh, tiny little scratches and whatnot not scratches but you know like when you whenever you uh uh wipe it down with cloth you see little swirl marks and things like that so it'll be the same kind of thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as that you need like a microfiber like satchel to keep it yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. going to ask you if you guys carry use cases for your phones that are, or not, right? I haven't used a case in a while, actually. Uh, I used to use a case all the time, and I stopped using it when I got the iPhone five. I think it was uh, just because I like the small feel of it, you know, the thin feel of it. Uh, regarding the Jet Black model. One of my concerns, because it's high high gloss, right, is it, how durable it'll be. And Apple themselves has a note on their website about this. The high gloss finish of the Jet Black iPhone 7 is achieved through a precision nine-step anodization and polishing process. Its surface is equally as hard as other anodized Apple products. However, its high shine may show fine micro-abrasions with use. If you are concerned about this, we suggest you use one of the many cases available to protect your phone. I don't know. I call that patina. I think I think you know the wear and tear on the phone. It'd be nice if it was brass underneath, and you could sort of wear the corners, and and would you know have sort of a the brass peeking through the black after a couple of years, you know. So I'm not sure that's what they mean. <laughs> you can't well, you just know, buy you know it. I mean? Like 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 uh, uh, Joe Szaplinski said this on uh, release notes. He was talking about his leather case on his iPhone, like the original. Uh, I have I've gone back to using the leather case that came with that that I got with my iPhone when I first got it, and I like the fact that the leather. Uh, breaks down and has scratches in it and and shows you know um, some discoloration from my hand using the phone it, it it's a i don't know it's sort of a what do you call it um oh, it's a word for it it gives a character punk, right like a, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 i say what you mean but like can't you yeah. just he's he has facetiously can't you just get like some turtle wax and buff that sucker out like that's true yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. i see all yeah. these like get an airbrush you know, out see, and, like, yeah it's like exactly. hey look they, they they scratched the hell out of this like headlight and then they got this thing and they just shined it right up yeah it's funny I, I i saw the at uh, a fan expo this weekend there was a, a guy who had a booth where he'd taken like things like um a stormtrooper helmet and he'd gone in and he'd painted it you know, airbrushed it with different metallic type paints to make it look steampunky, you know, and, uh, and it looked, it looked like they looked like they were made of metal, even though they were actually plastic. So it was, you know, that kind of thing where you sort of play with the, the paint colors and the surfaces. But yeah, it's just, I, I you know, there's some, I like protecting my investment in is, is the one side of it, but I also do like the, the wear and tear that accumulates over time with these devices, not just, you know, Macs as well as, 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 um, phones, battle scars, you know, Right, right. So I'm, I'm funnily enough, also like Mark in that I don't use a case. And the last case phone that I had was the iPhone 4S. And the iPhone 5 is where I went um, in the nude yeah. with my phones from then henceforth. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and Aaron, you you and Farley were using a really thin case at one point, right? Or at least Farley I was. have never used a case until the 6. And for that one, I got a very thin, very thin little plastic case for the back of it. 
Um, and I still have it today, although the, the edges are cracking. Um, it's by Spigen. Just looking at the name on the back. And it is just the, the very thinnest plastic shell that you can get. And I got it basically the same time I got the phone. And it's been fine. And the, the reason I have it uh, is not to protect it so much as just to have it be grippier in my hand. Because that was my biggest concern with this thing when I when I first held it. I was like, I'm going to drop this thing, you know? Because you know how it's slippery in the hand. Yeah, I drop my phone all the time. <laughs> I've often wondered nice. about that. Like, do, do, do you guys work for the Men in Black with Will Smith? I mean, how how does this problem persist? Like, I just mentioned my, my fingers are rather oily. Like, I use the two-handed phone. Uh, I'll be out walking with my dog, holding him with one hand, my left hand, on the leash and then i'll be also playing pokemon go at the same damn time like flinging the pokeball at you know like a pikachu or something and somehow like not lose my grip on the well, phone and i don't have so i don't really have like big hands right so here's the thing like, i can't so, palm a basketball my dog my dog mac is over 100 pounds how heavy is your dog Oh, what I mean, he's only, what he's only he sees a squirrel, right? He sees a five squirrel, and a half to like... six pounds. So. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if my watch, if my Apple Watch had like a little loop that I could like attach his leash to, I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What else? Oh, look, audio calling. It doesn't have audio audio calling. Apparently, it has better LTE as well. That's always good. And they got rid of the uh, you know, or at least they they minimized the antenna line, so they're kind of going at the top and the bottom rather than being almost more like a like a highlight rather than being bars across the the width of the phone oh that's right yeah we saw that in the in the the rumored phones beforehand i didn't really i didn't notice that at all in the video today the the glossy black video i thought it was like it was like the the mac pro finish on the iphone you know was there any other feedback and interesting feedback from the hands-on reports Aaron? john gruber reports that uh, it does feel grippier than the six models really that's a seven in general or yeah hmm. how's that if the, sh- if the shape is the same or what what, ha- what causes that maybe the materials right the the finish of the phone could have an influence on how grippy it is did he specify which model that was was it the jet black <laughs> maybe he picked it up after a bunch of people with grubby fingers and holding it all day <laughs> who knows <laughs> <laughs> The one other thing they they made a sort of a big point about was uh, Apple Pay in Japan, which doesn't necessarily affect any of us on the call here, but uh, it's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah, that I guess that requires a whole new protocol and different uh, different uh, NFC. Chip. Yeah, they had the, what did they call it? it was it wasn't looked like the word Felicia Felica Felica or something? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know I don't know what that is. I guess it's a it's, it's a Japanese payment system. Over there. Right. Well, sure. Yeah, and they use it for everything, and they've had it for a very, very long time. Um, I think it goes back to the feature phone days, where you could just, you know, use that as your um, your bus pass and metro pass kind of thing, or subway pass kind of thing. Um, I could be mistaken on that, uh, but it's kind of interesting that uh, that Apple sort of gave in there for strategic reasons. Like, I guess it was probably too expensive to move, you know, a country of 120 million people. Uh, move that entire infrastructure at once and rather than losing you know losing out on that lucrative market it was yeah. better to just incorporate that technology yeah it sounds like it's pretty entrenched over there if it's you know if, if that technology is already there in the subway and, and whatnot then then uh, they're never going to replace all of that so it makes sense for them for apple to adopt it as well right right like just 
pay everywhere, right? Apple Pay is moving to the web very, very soon. They're actually shipping that very soon. So, Jaime, since since you mentioned uh, since you mentioned Pokemon Go, I'm surprised that you didn't say anything about uh, about the Super Mario Run app that's coming out pretty soon. Yeah, we hadn't we hadn't really gotten there yet. Like that was kind of an interesting thing. So, like I'm very accustomed to Apple bringing out some game maker that you may or may not have heard of, and almost you know more likely probably haven't, and they'll do something weird. And they actually kind of did fulfill that check mark later on um, in the in the you know the keynote. But today they brought out like the king of video games, right? They they brought out Nintendo, and they not only just Nintendo, but like their actual marquee property. They brought out the Mickey Mouse of uh, video games. They brought out Mario, and it's a real legit game. Uh, and they had the creator of Mario, Shigeru Miyamoto, like talk about it, and it was it was interesting. Like it's a it's a like an endless runner one, but it's not like a temple run sort of thing right it's it's mario but if uh, you couldn't use the d-pad so you can control um you know his his ability to jump and you can use some other items and bits and i, th- I think it's cool like right i've been wanting this sort of thing to happen to some degree <laughs> <laughs> and i wore a um yeah i wore a t-shirt today that i had the uh, old nes or nintendo entertainment system gamepad on it and uh i certainly didn't have any insight into this event so it's actually well timed there i think hmm. oh come on um, you totally called it <laughs> <laughs> looks like it's going to be released in december and um it's uh at least a timed exclusive for ios so that's uh that's nice and i saw some information about it being a straight up pay-to-play experience so i don't know what that he he, me- he actually mentioned that in the in the talk that it would be a one-time purchase and then and then uh use it yeah just so no in-app purchase or, or or subscriptions right and that would make sense for you know the ip that they own particularly mario in, in particular for this sort of game and that's that's cool so i don't know i don't think they announced a price i would guess it would range anywhere from 4.99 to 19.99 given um mm. their spot in the market like i'm looking for as i've mentioned before square enix has their final fantasy series that regularly gets 15.99 on the app store and has continued to do so for a very long time. So I don't know. We'll see what they try out here. Yeah. They uh, also talked about, well, I guess not them because it's technically the the uh, Pokemon company in Niantic that owns uh, the Pokemon Go Plus coming to Apple Watch, which, holy smokes, do I really want this. I want the ability to, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, if I'm walking in a new area and I don't know where the Pokestops are or where the Pokemon tend to be, yeah, I'll, I'll open up and look at the map. But if I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, Right across from this Starbucks is a stop. Yep, yep. Over here is where the Pokemon tend to be. Like, I'd, we'd be able to like just walk around. I'm like, oh, thank you, notification. You've let me know that there is a Snorlax near here. Cool. I will capture him. Really, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of heard that Pokemon Go was done and people were stopping, not playing it as much anymore. No, that's because people tend to be overreactive to that thing. So they did have a pretty sizable drop in terms of numbers from like a peak of 45 ish million people to about 30 ish. The last time I saw one of those articles. Hmm. Um, but if you look at the chart, it, it isn't like a precipitous drop. It was clearly a hump. And I think the real challenge now will be to see what happens now that the school year has begun in most of the world, I would guess. Yeah. We touched on performance, um, a bit a while ago, but, um, 
I was curious, like, I sort of saw that ramp that he showed for the CPU and the GPU performances, and he was comparing it to the original iPhone, which I didn't understand why, I mean, it's been, what, seven years or whatever, why they would compare it to the first phone when when clearly the chips are significantly faster than the previous generation as well, right? Uh, if you looked at that chart that they put on the uh, on the screen, um, you know, the... the uh, A ten is something like thirty or forty percent faster than the A nine chip. Did you guys not wonder about that? Yeah, that that chart looked uh, looked like pretty good exponential growth, which is always a nice thing to show. Uh, I think the comparison to the original model is just to show how far it's come. He, I think he said something like two hundred and forty times faster, or something. So oh, maybe that has a significant number, which I guess, is yeah. which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I remember back in the early days writing some apps and just really struggling to get the thing yeah. to 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 do things fast enough to, to not have to show a spinner all the time, right? Uh, just to do some calculations. And now, you know, if I go back to those same apps, it's... Yeah, what did we have? A hundred... hundred laughs at that. <laughs> yeah, what did we have back there? 128 megs of RAM to work with? Something like that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Pitiful. Well, remember, they wouldn't even tell us how much right. RAM there yeah, was back yeah. in the beginning because they, they didn't want to admit it, I think. True. Well, and actually, if I remember correctly, the majority of it, like fifty, more than 50% was, was reserved for the system as well, right? So that even pared it down. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. Good old, the good old days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting um, Amazon chart that they showed there where the uh, the y-axis was not labeled. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good stuff to see this thing happen. I've used stuff with the camera um, and, and other bits that, like, detecting text that is damn near instantaneous, you know, on a 6 Plus, which is what I use. But even on a 4S is pretty fast, you know, two, 300 milliseconds. Um, so, so quite impressive. I, I do think... The one weird thing that they had, um, getting back to the, the game maker that people may or may not have heard of. So they showed that Oz game and it was right, a really right. odd choice of like, wow, yeah. look how great this looks. I'm like, no, this is a really bad example. You yeah, go, it was horrible. Yeah. You no, I mean, you go photorealistic. You don't go stylistic for that sort of thing. Right. You don't show something that looks cartoony. You show like, holy smokes, this is like an old man's face. Look at every wrinkle that's showing in here. Sort of thing, or here's like, you know, a lion. Wow, you can see the mane move in real time, sort of thing. Not, oh look, this could be like a cell shaded, you know, graphics game on like, you know, late PS2 or sorry, uh, late PlayStation 2 or early PlayStation 3 kind of game, right? Like, but there was a lot of stuff going on in that in that demo, right? Like, like when they talked about the what was it, the 400 uh, flying monkeys or whatever it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so I, I, that was the, the takeaway I got is that you know maybe you know maybe each particular image wasn't so exciting, but but there was so much happening, just so much processing power going on there that uh, that you can now do things like this, which you never could before. Right. And I, I think takeaway. I think it was just the the particular game that they showed you. You really had to listen to what they were saying that they were saying that, mm. and I think it would have been nice to show. I don't know. Like, oh, here's this, like, Lord of the Rings game. is the Battle of Helm's Deep going on, and here's the bazillion characters yeah. charging against the, the castle. That That's more, like, it really is more visceral when you, you can just see how many people there are on screen. Yeah, I saw some people comment on Twitter that the, the new me- measurement for Big O is now how many flying monkeys you can handle at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Put that on One other thing, jumping around a little bit, but one other thing I was happy to see uh, was the real-time collaboration in iWork. Uh, really? Even though I thought, you know, in the well, in the presentation, I thought they were 
hyping it up a little bit too much, you know, uh, making it sound like, oh, isn't this awesome? Isn't this exciting? When it's been around forever on other platforms, but I'm happy to see it come to this platform because uh, on some of the other platforms, like, you know, I'm looking at you, Google, uh, the, the tools themselves, yeah, they're all interactive and the collaboration is great, but the tools themselves sometimes don't always work all that well. They're not so user-friendly or intuitive or, 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 uh, or, or have the design aspects that uh, we come to expect from Apple. So having that in iWork, hopefully, knock on wood, hopefully, will will uh, improve some of that and, and uh, have a, a good user experience associated, or at, at the same time with with uh, with the real time collaboration. So do you think that's happening on local network, or is that happening um, with iCloud implementation, all the new iCloud stuff? I would think it would be iCloud. I, d- I don't know for sure, but I would think it would be iCloud. Hmm. One one other big piece of news that came out this last week after our last show was this email I never received from Apple about cleaning up the App Store. So I never got it. Uh, I could only hear about it third hand. <laughs> but it seems like the long-awaited uh, reckoning, I guess, that we've all wanted to see from the App Store. Removing apps that uh, have not been updated in a long time and that don't uh, that are not compatible with the latest devices. And also that sort of try to game the naming process with metadata that uh, takes up like 256 characters uh, is, is overall an effort to make the App Store seem less scammy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a huge fan of this, and I wish it had happened a year or two ago, um, um, but I'm a big believer in, in having fewer apps, and it seems that Apple has finally grown comfortable with that idea, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think the the naming thing was. Um, I think a lot of people use that naming convention because of the whole discoverability issue with uh, being able to search for things on the store, right? Some of them were using you know really long names and naming features in their titles, and uh, so that was one of the things that this new fifty character limit um, that they talked about in the email uh, does. There was three things they talked about in the email. One was cleaning up the old apps that haven't been updated in a long, long while aren't keeping up with new features or just plain crashing. I heard uh, somebody mention that if, if your app crashes on launch, they'll, they'll just pull it. Um, but the naming convention, there was one other thing. Can you guys remember what it was? I was just looking for that email that Aaron never got. Uh, I'm looking at the email now. I only see two things. There's quality apps, which is what the first thing you said, you know, which is if you haven't updated your app in four years and you know, it only, only runs on the four S or whatever, uh, they're probably going to kick that out. Uh, and then shorter app names was the second one. So I only saw two things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, are we, do we know when this is going to happen? Is this happening now? Yeah, it's already starting September happen. 7th. Yeah. 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 Starting September 7th. Wonderful. That's today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm wondering if developers are going to get notifications. And I assume that we're going to start seeing those as they get posted to Twitter and places like that. Right, so it's a it's a thirty days to issue an update once you get on the uh, naughty list for being flagged as one of these offending apps. Okay. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. Tim, are you worried about any of your apps? I I only have one that I've sort of neglected. I, I, there was one I pulled off a couple of years ago that just wasn't making sense anymore, um, and it was one I built for somebody else. But um, 
You know, I, I've tried to keep mine up to date with new features. In fact, I just uh, updated, I was telling Jaime last week in the after show, which I didn't uh, put in the show, but that I just updated. Are you kidding me? I just updated. Yeah, believe it or not, we go on for hours and hours. You'd be surprised how much I actually oh, throw away. No, yeah. I, yeah, I think the comment was like the, the after away. after show, which no, the doesn't after, make after it into show? the after show. Yeah, it's yeah. like for the cool kids after party sort of yeah. thing that even the listeners <laughs> can't hear. Exactly. <laughs> there was uh, so I so one of the one of the one of the apps that I've been wanting to update to rewrite in in uh, SpriteKit is an app I wrote in Cocos 2D years ago, and um, so that's just actually just been ported to 64-bit. I think about a year ago or six months ago, and so there was a couple of uh, blog posts online about how to update your app. So I, I went through the process and updated my Squad app to 64-bit. To keep it compatible, so I wouldn't, you know, create issues for people on on iOS 10 when it ships. And um, I think that's one of the things too. That's going to be one of the criteria. That's I think I think that's one of the reasons why Apple is wants to get rid of these uh, these 32-bit app um, that people haven't updated in a while, right? So because I mean the gate is the gate has been down for a year. That you know if you don't if you sub- try and submit an app that hasn't addressed the 32-bit code. Apple just rejects it before you even submit it. But there's clearly got to be tons and tons of apps out there already that, you know, languishing on the store, the zombieware that's out there um, that doesn't accommodate the, la- the latest features of people's people's devices and OSs. They must be seeing a lot of um, complaints from users, too, who buy these apps not aware that they are not going to work on their devices, right? That's true, yeah, yeah. So I, I would expect that this is being born out of need. You know, you get mounting tide over t- over time of people complaining about busted apps so this is something that i think has to that's happen true. and that's a lot of work if you think about it maybe, maybe this is all part of phil schiller's new approach to this um and taking over the app store is the fact that there are all this this uh zombie apps that are just lying around on the app store doing nothing you know just taking up space if you will admittedly it's digital space so how much space is it really taking but yeah, people could stumble across it, and it could be creating issues for them, and who knows? I mean, they may not have addressed uh, any number of issues. You know, we we all experienced that last week with the 935 update that, you know, was required because of um, something that was exploitable. Um, who knows what's left behind? I think Greg mentioned, you know, you, you don't know what people are putting in their apps. He was talking about third-party libraries in, used in your app, but... Um, and there could be any number of things being done on on apps, you know, talking to servers in background that we don't know about. Maybe people, you know, because Apple's changed the rules about what what you can do with people's information over the years. And maybe some of the apps that are still on the App Store, you know, from previous days, from iOS 3 and iOS 4, um, may still be there waiting to, you know. Yeah, especially if those have uh, the, the whole TLS uh, grant, uh grandfather right, right? yeah yeah uh, who knows what they're who, who they're talking to or what they're saying well i'm also talking of, of the old device id stuff you know like where we had to update it we were not allowed to use device right. id and you can't store personal yep. people's private information we don't know that apps that are been hanging around on the on the apple vine if you will for for many years now are have we're still using those those things and you know, even the owners the publishers of those apps may not know because they may have hired a third party to write them for them right and it, it may just be that this is the right time to do it since they're introducing things like search ads and right. and better you know maybe maybe they're planning something for you know for the end of the year or, or 2015 where there's a whole new search and discovery uh, type of uh, situation and 
what's the word I'm thinking of? Search and dis- <laughs> uh, I'm drawing a blank here. But if there's a whole new way of searching and discovering for apps based around search ads and, and improved search and, and all that, then why clutter that those results all up with old apps that, that are junk anyway? Right. So might as well just clean that out. It just might be the right time to do it. Right. Yeah, and they could be making calls to things like you know, like iAd and things like that. Like I have, I actually have one app on on the yep. store right now that that was using iAds, and admit I'll be, you know, I'll admit that I hadn't uh, removed iAds from that app. But then again, I also wrote it in such a way that that if there was no ad delivered, the the view would just disappear, and you'd carry on with using the app, right? Right, right. Yeah, I have one like that as well, where if there was no iAd, it would fall back to Ad Mob. So I didn't want to take that out. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 probably ping the iAd server looking for ads quite a bit and getting nothing back. Right. So maybe I should take that out. I, I have a couple of apps that might be affected by this, just really old ones that I haven't touched in a long time. Uh, this is actually this is actually probably a good uh, a good excuse for me to go back and revisit some of those old apps. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? I think you've removed most of your apps, right? That uh, weren't doing it for you. Yeah, I don't have any apps in the store right now. That's an answer. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, but sure. if, if I can't support an app properly, I'm going to take it out, you know? So given that attitude, you can expect that I would be quite in favor of what Apple's doing here. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, it's getting kind of late. Uh, I think we've talked a lot. Uh, do you want to go into picks? Sure, let's do some picks. Yep. Um, so, Aaron, do you have a pick? I do. Uh, this is going to be me tooting my own horn. Well, there you go. Apologies. Uh, last week's show, I spoke about a project I was working on, an open source application that I was going to release, and I did so uh, over the last Labor Day weekend. It is called Fangirls, and Fangirls is a silly name for a silly app uh, that uh, kind of came to me in a moment after one of our shows when uh, Jaime was talking about YouTube DL, the application that you use on the command line to download videos from websites not least of which is YouTube, but uh, includes many, many, many more because it supports all kinds of websites. Um, as, a, as a side project, and really, to be frank, uh, to procrastinate my uh, trying to decide what to do for my actual side project, uh, I decided to build this app, which basically wraps the YouTube DL Python binary into a, a GUI application for the Mac. And it's very simple. It's just a single window that has a text field. You paste in the URL of a web page that you want to get the video from, hit go, and then YouTube DL does the rest. It reports back any videos that it finds on that page that it can handle and starts to download them to your preset download destination, which is your downloads folder. You can change that if you like. Uh, but that's about it. That's all it does. And uh, there's probably some niceties that I could add. Um, I have had zero feedback from this at all, period, ever. So um, it <laughs> hasn't exactly struck a chord and set the world on fire. Uh, so uh, it's doing what I want it to do. Um, it's doing what my what my wife wants it to do, uh, as you recall from when we spoke about this before. Uh, so it's, it's fine. Um, and I've got a little web page on GitHub for it. Uh, it's my first time actually using GitHub Pages for a github project uh so that's what the link in the show note is for and uh, you can actually look at the code yourself if you like because it's an open source project i've released it under a creative commons license so that anyone can read it and use it and repurpose it just provide credit and that's it it's called fangirls 
Cool. I like the name, and we'll have to, you'll have to let us know if you get any, um, any pull requests. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> well, you don't know. You'll, you'll get a couple of people looking at it after this show. I'll, we'll see. <laughs> it's been big, fat, nothing. Well, you know, you really, did you announce it on Twitter or anything like that? Yeah. You did? Okay. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've, I've released another project uh, that's done incredibly well and, and, and was done with significantly less effort. It's uh, an NS regular expression uh, testing app. And, you know, regular expressions, right? Yes, we do. Of course, of course. Um, so NS regular expression is the Cocoa class for for managing them. This is like a couple years ago now. And I released a little Mac GUI app that uh, that let you test regular expressions. So you could put a regular expression in and have some sample text to test it against, and it would show you the results. And I whipped it together in like half an hour or something and said, oh, let's put it on GitHub. So I did. And it's become like weirdly popular. So, like, you can go to that repo on GitHub, and um, you know, I'm just doing it now because NS Regex Tester on my GitHub profile has 328 stars and 24 forks, and you know, 18 people watching it, and like, you know, it's it was nothing, right? Four years ago, I'm looking at the code right cool. now, you know. Um, so, a stupid little thing that I I spent almost no time on uh, is surprisingly successful. There you go. All right. So, Hamid, do you have a pick? Yes, sort of. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a it's a strange pick, and I was thinking about what to do, and it's like you know, this is this is almost a a holiday for us folks in the Apple community, and uh, and the spirit of that, I was like, you know, you can listen to me talk about what I thought was interesting from the event, but if you didn't see the event yourself, I've got a handy link here. That's my pick of the week, which is the actual event from Apple itself. To like go. Go look, go see, you know, I, I probably got something wrong, so my bad on that one. Uh, respond to us on Twitter about those, and we can follow up on those. But but otherwise, it's, you know, a couple hours, you, you can get through it tonight. You can get through it, you know, while you're eating your breakfast in the morning, you know, over a couple of days, and uh, and see what you think. Evaluate what you're going to do. Interesting. Yeah. I did I did find the, the presentation a little long. I was surprised it went full two hours. Is it that normal you guys think it is normal for them to go up to two hours and this wasn't quite two hours it was close but yeah. they did have a lot of people up on stage yeah. it felt like yeah. they they padded that with other companies coming in and showing off uh, their apps and I, I felt it went a little too long in that way yeah okay um mark you don't have anything right i do not i i also thought this was a very special episode of mtjc so all right so i wouldn't come up with a pick. all right well i don't have a pick either except to say that i got a uh ping on on slack uh the other day as people were heading off to ios dev uk where greg Heo is speaking this week um and a bunch of people from uh rich turton rich turton is one of them and uh, mick pringle is speaking there as well but Rich pinged me and said that he saw an MTJC T-shirt in the coffee shop just before he was he was getting on the train, I guess, to go to the to the conference. And he asked if it was one of mine. I said, "Yeah, yeah, run over and take a, a selfie with the guy." And, and uh, um, unfortunately, he had missed him. And then it turned out that yes, the person was going, and his Sean Mar Marston had, was going over to iOS Dev UK. And he met up with uh, Greg Heo and did a Greg sent us a selfie of of the two of them and uh, Rich finally did catch up with him and send a selfie as well. So, and uh, Sean did mention us on Twitter and say that he liked the code parts of uh, more than just code. So he'll be pissed off about this episode. More more code. 
<laughs> the, uh, the, the nothing Sorry, but man. code podcast that we may do yeah. at some point. <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. We let you down this episode. Yeah. All right. All right. So that's it for the week. And we'll see you guys next week. So if uh, Aaron, people want to find you on the interwebs at GitHub or wherever, where would they look? Uh, on GitHub or on Twitter, it's at Aaron Vay. And Jaime? On Twitter as at Dev of the Hair. And Mark? Send me an email to markr at smapsoft.com. All right. And I'm Tim Mitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on Twitter. And we'll see you guys next week. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. You've just experienced the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you'll find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the items that we talk about on the show, picks for the episode, as well as links to the apps on the App Store. If you like the podcast, please leave a comment on the website and write a review on iTunes. If you're listening on Overcast, go ahead and press the recommend button. It really helps others find out about the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you'd like to support the show, you can pledge any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. Thanks again for listening. So you won't be ordering a phone on, on Friday, Aaron? Or you won't? Oh, yes, I will you be. Will. Absolutely. Okay. And is it going to be like in a, one of these midnight events again, like Thursday night or whatever? Yeah, pretty sure. Three o'clock in the morning or something like that? Probably three in the morning, yeah. Oh, man. See, now that I'm working full time, that's a pain in the butt. <laughs> yeah. You know? No, honestly, I haven't decided what I'm getting yet. I know yeah. you guys were talking about that earlier, and I don't have an answer. Oh, man. Maybe my yes. tip of the week should have... Oh, no. Wait. Okay. Never mind. This this episode won't go out in time for it to make a no, difference. Well, but no. uh, the, uh, the tip of last week should have been... Use the dang Apple Store app, app. and, and oh, don't use the website because right. yeah. it opens up earlier for reasons. You know that what? You know what? To me. That's that's tweet, tweet worthy. You should tweet that one out right now, so or soon as our oh. as our tip of the week. Well, do it, <laughs> yeah, do yeah, it right, after right. we all have a chance to do to do that, <laughs> so that we still can get on. Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> no, because I mean that was the thing. I, admittedly, I think it was when the watch was coming out last year um, or two. Was it last year? I was, you know, on my Mac, you know, refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. And finally, I just went over to, and you guys, I heard that Jaime, or I think Aaron was signing off. He'd already gotten his. And then I went over and fired up the app. And sure enough, that's where it was. It was taking forever for the website to refresh on the Mac for some reason. Yeah. There's no question the app works better than the web anytime. Yeah. So, yeah, by certainly by Friday night, I'll know. You'll have made decisions. Yeah. Your decision. I'll, I'll have made the decision. Yeah. Let's do we know what they're what they're costing in Canadian? Yeah, we got money? the pricing on that. It's going to be a lot of money, man. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. A million dollars. <laughs> One million dollars. It's going to be nuts. Uh, Tim, to answer your question, uh, the 128 gigabyte iPhone 7 Plus is 1,179. God. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, fortunately, I'll be able to order a couple and play around with them before I have to make my decision. There you go. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, if that's what you're going to do, that's probably the best thing. Well, guys, I'm going to check out. Um, hope you have a great week, and okay. uh, good luck on Friday night. <laughs> Thanks. Bye bye. Thursday morning. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bye. So, Tim. Um...
you are also in the same weirdo situation that I'm in, in that you will be in Nashville. Yeah. When this iPhone is delivered, what do you, uh, you, you should everybody. So I joked that we'll just have it all t- delivered to Tammy's house. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Bring them with us. Bring them, you know, when we go to the conference, but, uh, oh, no, I, ha- I have people here who can sign for things. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. So you're going to be patient. You're, you're going to wait till you return home triumphantly. Um, to use your new phone. Well, I get to play with yours if you get it delivered to Tammy's house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, like, what is this phone I've got now? I fi- I'm finding that my iPhone 6 even is running out of space now, too, right? This is 128, isn't it? What was the... You, not, you, you um, tell me. Know, check. Go, go to your, <laughs> yeah, go to go settings. your settings and check. Dude. I'm like, going to right out. now. Hang on, let's see. Well, look at the bottom of it. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Triangle. Yeah, it says, uh, says 55 gigabytes. So this must be a 64 gig model, right? Yeah. No, you know what it is. I'm thinking about my, um, my iPad Pro, I think, is uh, large. Yeah, because I think there was... Was there two models for the iPad Pro? I forgot. When you say that, do you mean uh, like the 12.9 and the 9.7? Uh, 12.9. I have 12.9, right? So You yeah. mean in terms of, of, of yeah, storage. Uh, disk size? Storage. storage. Yeah, I think there were a couple of models. Yeah, because there's a Wi-Fi one that has not much, and then there's a, a cellular one. I got the cellular one, right? So Because that made sense at the time. So look. Oh, yeah. they quiet. We didn't talk about it, but they quietly moved up the, uh, the storage for the iPads, I think. I've seen a headline like that. I hadn't checked it out myself. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, from, from so no longer uh, sixteen. There's was there a sixteen gig model before? Oh, look at that, thirty two. You're right. Did they move it across the board? I didn't. I didn't check. Mm, well, here, let me check. Verify this. Uh, this statement. There's a compare page there as well. So let's see. Yes, everything's thirty two gig. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and it's interesting because we buy um, our phones. I think our phones are sixteen gigs at, at the office, right? Because we don't, we all we do is test the app on them. We don't really do do anything else with them. So we buy the bottom of the line storage, right? And the smaller one is easier to test in low storage mode because you just go download a couple well, HD hey, movies and then see what your app does. Yeah, you know the uh, iPad, the nine inch, nine point seven inch iPad has a twelve mega, oh twelve megapixel, yeah, twelve megapixel. Isn't that what the new camera is on the, the iPhone seven? Yeah, I think they did I think say that twelve. Megapixel. Right. Yeah. The the new one has this new high speed. Uh, Something or other. <laughs> yeah. What would they call it? Oh, yeah. It's funny that they don't put the optical st- stabilization in the in the iPhone 7 itself, right? That they only put that, because that's the same thing. That's the difference between the, the Plus. All the Plus models have the better camera with the optical image stabilization, right? Mm. But now the right. 7 and Plus has a I, super duper new camera, so they got to have something to differentiate it. Yeah, yeah. Or, right. or maybe the other way around, I guess. It's okay to move down the other feature to the baseline. No, I'm totally confused. I mean, <laughs> am I looking? I mean, I'm even looking at the U.S. side. I better start start looking at Canadian dollars here, boy. Yeah, the uh, Lightning to 3.5 millimeter headphone jack adapter is only nine dollars. I thought it was going to be nineteen. Really, the little adapter thing. Yeah, the, what the Lightning to uh, mini phone. I think that's a PR move. Yeah, to make it yeah, cheap. Yeah, I mean, it mm. make it cheap so people won't complain as much. Hmm. Nine dollars. Is it nine dollars? It's $25 Canadian. $9 US. Kidding. $9, yeah. <laughs> iPhone Lightning Dock. What's this? Oh. Hmm. I mean, that's that's probably almost, well, I was going to say it's almost cost, but uh, it's more than that because these things aren't that expensive. But but really all that's in this thing is, yeah, the two the two plugs, you know, the two uh, connectors, yeah. and it connects essentially three wires, right? That's all. Yeah. But there must be a little chip on the tip of that uh, Lightning thing to make it not complain about 
sported for iPhone or whatever. Because you guys were telling me last week that the uh, lightning ports, or maybe Greg was, that the lightning ports have a chip in them. I mean, the lightning, the mail end. Yeah, because well, we, we were talking about MFI quite a bit last week, Mark, when you were, was it last year you were Yeah, there? I wasn't here, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. By the way, we didn't talk about uh, that question that we got from Ask MTJC, and the, and the answer to that is that I think the, the, hard, the best rumor we've heard is something's going to be announced in October, right? On uh, the MacBooks? Yeah, there was a rumor that said it was going to be, it wouldn't be at this announcement, it would be in sometime right. in October. Yeah, I mean, they had enough to talk about it. This one, I guess. So yeah, I was actually surprised at how much. I didn't think they would uh, they would go into uh, introduce. I mean, mind you, once they started talking about the watch, I had a feeling they would bring out a new watch. But well, I was getting worried when it was already like forty minutes into it, and it was they were still talking about uh, Nintendo. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking what's oh, with the Pokemon thing. Do, do they do they not have anything to talk about? I mean, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they did that once before, right? They. There was one. There was one keynote they did where I think we all came around, like came out coming, going. What the hell was that? Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the truth is, there really wasn't that much in this one compared to some other ones. Well, it's interesting though. Like I, I did read something or saw a tweet about the fact that Apple doesn't seem to be feel the need to be so secretive anymore. Right. Like you remember how they used to basically be super secret about uh, right releasing stuff and like, yeah, but in this case, pretty much everything was leaked. Yeah. Yeah, almost everything. Yeah, still uses a five watt power USB power adapter. Looking at the Canadian site here. Five watt, five volt, five watt. Five. Five watts is really five watt. Five watt. Really? Yeah, I think the ten watt comes with the uh, with the iPads. From ten forty nine. My God, that's like that's what one hundred and fifty dollars more for the plus size. I guess that's for the camera, right? I I guess so. There always was a premium i thought it was only a hundred dollars when i got my six plus but i'd have to look back and see it's interesting how the the the, um antenna like you said you mentioned before if you look at the rolls i'm looking at the page where you buy the phone and um it's got like uh you know you can it's quite clear that the antenna across the bottom across the top you must be using like a black plastic or something on the on the black models because you really can't see it in the picture where are you looking and, well, as a pay, if you go to buy, if you go to the iPhone Seven and hit the buy, buy or models and pricing is the button I see, and then there's the oh, choose your finish. How long do you think it's going to be before we see these phones? So, I mean, you, th- you thought they were going to be delivered like the week after? I guess if you were in that's the, what they said. If you're in the yeah, first yeah. first bunch, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Who knows what the if you're there like. bright and early? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Carol's due for a new phone, so I'm in trouble. She doesn't want my six plus. <laughs> Oh, well, it's only money, eh? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.